Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Thresholds, a message from Brother Zach Pyers. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Chapter number three, verse number 17 and 18. Are you there? I'm just going to take that little foam thing off. I don't like that thing. You'll just have to sanitize the mic whenever I'm done because I'm going to be spitting all over it. But praise God. All right, verse number 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Praise God. I'm so thankful for liberty in God's house, and I feel it this morning. But, notice here he says, but. He says there's liberty in the Spirit, but we all with open faces beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Everybody say all. We all need to change. And you're like, man, you're going to preach about change, aren't you? Yes, I am. And you guys, I can see it in your faces now. Don't you know I, we got a new pastor and things have been changing already? Well, guess what? More things are going to change. And you better get used to change. And just We can't get stuck in, in a rut or just in status quo like we heard about in prayer. But God wants to continually change us. And the Bible says that, how do we do that? From glory to glory. For moments like this, where we're in his presence, for moments where we're in the prayer room and we're just praying, then the spirit of God begins to work on us and begins to change us from glory to glory. We have to be submitted to the Holy Ghost if we ever want to be like Jesus. And I just want to preach this morning about thresholds. Could you just put down your Bibles and just lift up your hands? We just, I already feel God's help in this place, but let's just ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you've already done, God. And we've opened up your word, God. And I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us, that you would change us, mighty God, that you'd allow us to be what you've called us to be, God. Shape us and mold us in your hands, Lord. Let your anointing, God, flow through this place in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. You may be seated. Why don't you shake somebody's hand, love on somebody this morning. Through the fall of man, sin has entered the world. But not just the world, but sin and a sinful nature has entered into humanity. David understood this whenever he looked at his life and he said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother did conceive me. We are all born with a sinful nature. Every person that has lived, is living, or will live uh, will need to repent uh, in order to make it to heaven praise God do you understand that that we have a sinful nature if we ever want to make it to heaven we're going to need to repent the Bible says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God Jesus was not born into sin because he was conceived through the Spirit of God rather through the seed of man which allowed him to be born without that sinful nature in the flesh but because of this sinful nature and our constant exposure to sin listen let me help you understand something. You are who you are because of what you have been exposed to in your life. 
Whenever I grew up, my father was a drug addict. He was an alcoholic. Uh, so whenever I turned uh, around 12 years old, I also started to smoke weed. And I also started to drink. Uh, I became uh, what I was exposed to. That's why it's so important that you get your children in the house of God. Because you want them to become what they're exposed to. The word of God, the presence of God, the things of God, the kingdom of God. And we are a result in our lives of what we're exposed to. That's why the enemy wants to flood the world with sin. Why? It's hard whenever you go to work and you're around it. And, and, and uh, even whenever, like myself, I wasn't in church. Uh, but I was a conglomerate of the things that I had come up uh, against and, and, and had come into my life. And these things were contrary to God. But because of the things that we are exposed to and because of this sinful nature that we are born into, change is required. It is not an option. Change is not growth. Growth is taking something like faith and increasing it. Growth is taking something that is good and growing it. But change is the complete forsaking of something. Those babies, whenever they're born, they're so pure and precious. But it doesn't take long before they start to lie. Can I get a witness from somebody? They start to take toys, and you get a call from the preschool. Hey, your kid headbutted somebody on the first day. That was me, praise the Lord. My wife was like, what are we going to do? I was like, it's the first day. We just got to be patient, praise God. But it doesn't take long for these kids to say something they shouldn't say. Why is that? Because sin is in us all and change is required. And this is where the rubber meets the road and we lose a lot of people in our, our movement. Because we do require change. We're not like the big church down the street that just doesn't preach repentance or sin. We are, we, our goal is to make sure that you make it to heaven. Our goal is that whenever you stand before God on the day of judgment, uh, you're not going to be able to say, hey, they didn't tell me the whole gospel. I didn't hear the whole truth. Uh, our goal is to help us be more like Jesus Christ. Uh, there has to be a transition in your life uh, where Jesus is your Savior and your Lord. Uh, but in the denominational world that we have today as the church, uh, everybody just wants Jesus uh, to be their Savior only. But not their Lord. Because Lordship requires change. Listen, people don't want to change. Amen. They don't think that they should have to change. Or that they actually need to change. Romans chapter number 1 in the NLT it says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. Even the woman turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulge in sex with each other. The word there is affections. Our flesh has affections. And, they're, uh, and they, they are ungodly, whether it's pornography, homosexuality, self-worship. Uh, just because we are drawn to it, does not mean it's okay for us to have. Uh, remember, your flesh has a sinful nature. It is going to be drawn to things uh, that you are not supposed to be uh, uh, partaking in. Praise God. 
affections. So we have to understand that we have these affections in our flesh. And in that scripture, it says, for this cause. What are they talking about? You just got to jump back one verse. It says, for this cause, they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. You see, what they tried to do, brothers and sisters, is they tried to change God instead of changing themselves. Does that sound like anything that you hear on a daily basis? People trying to change God rather than change uh, themselves. Uh, but listen, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus Christ stands all by himself. Praise God. Whether you want to be like him, whether you want to worship him, whether you want the truth, uh, Jesus Christ uh, is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he is the same forever. He does not need to change uh, even in the slightest bit. Uh, we are the ones that must uh, change. He is God. He's the one that says what's okay and what's not okay, what's in and what's out. So to be a Christian and a follower of God, I must change. It is a requirement. It is not an option. Jesus told the woman that was caught in adultery who was in sin whenever he, she was brought to him and, and all the church people were going to stone her. He said, hey, and, and you know the story, but afterwards he was communicated with her and he said, hey, I don't accuse you. But he didn't stop there. He said, now go and sin no more. Can I tell you that the full gospel is come as you are and leave changed. I don't want to come to church and leave the same way as whenever I walk through those doors. I don't want to have an encounter with God and be the same person I was last month. I want God to change me. He said, hey, honey, listen, you got caught in sin. You made some mistakes. I can forgive you. But listen, the whole gospel is once you walk out of my presence, you shouldn't go do the same things as whenever you came. You need to leave change. Go ahead and come with your addictions. Go ahead and come with your bad attitude. Go ahead and come with your sins and your perversions. Go ahead and come with your hatred and your jealousies and your lies and your baggage. We are not intimidated by that. And neither is Jesus Christ. Go ahead and come as you are. But you need to leave different. God can transform your life. You don't have to be the same way as you've always been. And I'll tell you what, I get sick and tired of people that just try to resist change and they try to fight change. Because whenever I came to church, I wanted change. I was hungry for change. I was desperate for change. Because if I didn't change back then, I would not be here today. I would be dead. Please don't be in church and resist what pastor's trying to do. Praise God. Turn that off. I can't have him here give me plugs like that. Praise the Lord. Don't be one of those church people that comes and just resists all kinds of things that the ministry and the man of God and what God's trying to do. We need to be hungry for change. Praise God. In the text it says, but we all with open faces beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed, are changed. You cannot have a good relationship with God, a genuine relationship with God without changing. I get nervous whenever I see people come and they're never changing. That lets me know they're probably not getting in his presence, praise God. Amen. 
That means they probably don't have a prayer life. That probably means they're not reading their Bible. Why? Because they're not changing. Bible says you are changed uh, into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. We must encounter God and strive to be like what we see. And in order to do that, there has to be a lot of change. As I look around, I don't see Jesus fully in all of us, amen. There's nobody here that's reached a, a pinnacle and say, I'm everything that Jesus is, amen. Right? I'm including myself. Listen, I want change in my life too, praise God. We can't, there's nobody that's perfect, so we all have to change. Well, how's that going to happen? The scripture give us the revelation of it. It says, open faces. It says whenever we come to God, we have to have an open face. Uh, well, what does that mean? It means uncovered. Whenever we come to the house of God, we cannot put on a mask. We cannot try to hide. We cannot put on a facade. Come on, somebody. We can't fake it. If you do that, you're never going to change because it says here, how do we change? We come to God with an open face and say, God, this is me. I'm struggling in this area. I have this issue. You know, God, that this is an affection that I'm trying to crucify and I'm trying to mortify. You can't come in week in and week out and hide from God, honey. Let me know. Let me let you know something. He already knows. Praise God. So you might as well just peel back the mask and say, hey, this is me. God, change me, heal me, deliver me, speak to me, transform me. God, I have a bad attitude today and I need help. I want to change it. I don't think the same way I used to. I've been changed, but I'll be the first to admit I need to change more of the way I'm thinking. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I've been changed, but I need to continually change the way I talk. I don't act the same way that I used to act before I came to Jesus. I've been changed, but I still need to change my actions. Because of today's self-worship, people are highly offended when someone even suggests that they need to change. Go ahead and tell that homosexual that their lifestyle is a sin against God and they need to repent or they're not going to end up in heaven. Go ahead and tell them that. Watch what happens. They would be highly offended. Why? They, I don't have to change. I don't need to change. Go ahead and tell that fake Christian that them drinking and smoking cigarettes and worshiping football is a sin and see how they respond. I'm telling you this morning, our affections have to change. The things that move you, the things that stir you, the things that you love, the things that you're after, they need to change. The Bible says set your affections on the things that are above. We need to set our affections on the kingdom of God and learn to love them our mindset has to change listen i'm telling you right now sin will always resist change if sin is in your life uh, you're probably squirming in your seat right now thinking man i just want this guy to quit preaching why because sin will resist change your pride will resist change the bible says a backslider in heart is full of his own ways it says be not wise in your own eyes fear will resist change we need to change to be more like him. You don't need to be like me. Amen. We need to be more like him. Praise God. 
shouldn't try to be like somebody in the church. You need to set your uh, vision and your expectations and your projections higher than them. You need to look to Jesus Christ. Uh, we are to change to be like Him. I'm not the same person I was whenever I came to church. I'm not even the same person I was a month ago. And I'm going to take it one step further. I'm not going to be the same person next time you see me. Amen. Why? Because I have a heart to change. If the Holy Ghost shows up and says, hey, you have to change that, you better believe uh, I'm willing to change. I'm hungry for change. I want to be more like Jesus. Uh, whenever God came to Abram, he said, hey, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. He didn't say, well, let's talk about this. I don't know about that. You know, Whenever God found uh, Paul, uh, Saul on the road to Damascus and knocked him off his horse and said, hey, your new name is Paul. Nowhere do you see him saying, no, I, I think I'm going to keep on just being Saul. Listen, we have to have a willingness uh, to change. Whenever I was studying about change, God spoke to me this word, threshold. Everybody say threshold. The Hebrew... The word threshold means a place of great importance. The threshold is a transition piece at the bottom part of a doorway or an entryway that transitions you from outside to inside or from here to there, from one area to the next. A threshold is what you step across whenever you enter a room. A threshold takes you from one place to another and whenever you're about to start something new, you are on a threshold. A threshold is a point of departure or a transition into something new, it is the very place or point of change. Have you ever heard anybody say this before? I'm on the threshold of a breakthrough. What does that mean? That means that they are on the very edge. They may be addicted. They may be struggling. They may have all these things. But they feel like in their spirit that they're on the threshold. What does that mean? They're about to step into something different. There's about to be a breakthrough in their life. There's about to be something that shifts and changes. And I'm telling you, you can feel that in this atmosphere this morning. I believe that God sent me with a pointed message to help you understand that this church in this region is on the brink of a threshold that God there's going to be greater anointing there's going to be greater power there's going to be greater gifts of the spirit of manifestations of the power of God God has brought this church to a threshold you personally might be at a threshold, maybe in your marriage uh, or your job or in direction or your ministry. But listen to me this morning. The only way to correctly cross a threshold is to change. Thresholds are often located where otherwise prohibited access, uh, prohibited access, hear me. Thresholds are often located where prohibited access, uh, like the doorway to the church, uh, after we leave here today, that's a threshold. You're going to walk out of the church and back into the world. Uh, and then once you leave, they're going to lock the door, right? It's a prohibited access. Uh, or a transit is prohibit or permitted or guided. A threshold is often a place where you have to be guided through it. Uh, and it is marked by doors or gates or archways or bridges or mountain passes or gaps uh, or rivers much like the people of God whenever they crossed into the Jordan or crossed into the promised land they had to cross the Jordan River and that was a representation that they were leaving the wilderness and going to the promised land but what was the threshold it was the Jordan 
That was the thing they stepped over. It was, a, it was a symbolism of them leaving something behind and going into a new place. It was a threshold. It was a threshold. There are thresholds to get in and then there are thresholds to move within. If I invite you to my house, uh, you can cross the threshold of my doorway into my home and enter in. And once you do, there's a large, wide-open common area. We have a, you know, everybody wants the open design in their house. That's what we have. So right when you walk in, excuse me, there's a, our living room area and there's a kitchen. And right when you walk in, that is our fellowship area. But once you're in, I'm going to tell you there's other thresholds that need additional permission to cross. Uh, can you imagine if you invited me to your house uh, and I walked uh, through the front door, which you invited me, right? You said, come on into my house. So I stepped through that threshold. But what happens if I just, uh, on my own, just continue to walk uh, through your house and I ended up uh, walking in your bedroom and sitting on your bed? That would be weird. Right? Like, hey, I said you could come in. I didn't say you could go into my bedroom. But you see, there's thresholds to get in. And then there's thresholds to move within. Ah, man. Some of us have entered the threshold into the church and into the fellowship hall. We've repented. We've been baptized. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But the problem is some of us get stuck in the common area. Hey, I'm just here to eat. I'm just here to have fun. I'm just here for you to minister to me. I'm just here for a good time. And you just come through the one threshold. But I'm telling you today that there is more for you in your walk with God. There is more for you in the kingdom of God for you, in your ministry, in what God wants to do in your life. There's other thresholds that God wants you to cross once you get into the church. And they take permission. They take, uh, somebody has to grant you access to cross those thresholds. Uh, at my church, and I'm sure it's the same here, we have thresholds that you have to cross uh, before you can sing uh, on the platform. Uh, we vet them. We make sure they're living a Christ life. Uh, we have thresholds that we have for people to preach and to minister. We have thresholds that for people to teach down in the Sunday school not everybody that just walks into the fellowship hall are we going to say, hey, go downstairs with our babies uh, and our kids and shut the door. Right. right? That's crazy. We make sure that they've crossed spiritual thresholds in their life and that gives them access. Uh, praise God. I found such of an interest. I'm out of breath, praise the Lord. I need to get in shape. I'm not skinny like your pastor, praise the Lord. I found a, such an interesting passage in Zephaniah chapter number one. It says, I will punish all those who leap over the threshold that fill their master's house with violence and deceit. I believe this is talking about people who want access without change. Somebody who leaps over the threshold. Uh, I want to be a preacher behind here, but I don't want to serve out there. Right? 
I want to be blessed, uh, but I'm, I'm going to leap over that obedience aspect of that whole thing. I, I, I want you to bless me, God, but I, I don't want to be obedient. I, 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 there's that threshold. I, would, I want what's on the other side of that, but I'm not willing to cross this threshold and change my life. Uh, I want people to, I want to have power in my life, uh, but that whole thing about consecration, I don't know about that threshold. Uh, I want people to respect me, but whenever it comes to integrity, I'm going to go ahead and leave over that aspect uh, I want to advance in the kingdom uh, but I don't want to have to get the necessary permission uh, to cross the required thresholds to grant that access uh, in the text the people wanted to continue forward without the change that was required they wanted to enter in that without crossing the threshold the moment that a person leaps over the threshold, they subvert the process of God and become a thief and a robber and an unwelcome guest. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a passage where Jesus says, I am the door. Anybody that comes in, you got to come in through me, right? He said, if anybody else climbs up another way or enters into the sheepfold another way, they are a thief or a robber. Jesus was saying, hey, listen, if you want to be a part of the kingdom, it's through me. Praise God. Uh, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Uh, I'm the threshold. Uh, I'm the pinnacle. I'm the one that you're supposed to be like. Uh, I'm the one that's going to grant you access. Uh, I'm going to be the one that opens the door. Uh, I'm going to be the one that anoints you. I'm going to be the the one that provides the spiritual gifts uh, that are necessary to be used in my kingdom. But isn't it interesting that Jesus said that there would be some that came in another way. How'd they get in? They jumped the threshold. They jumped the fence. Uh, I wonder how many here today have leaped over the threshold. There are people here today that are on the threshold of greater anointing and calling and the enemy is trying to get you to stay in the fellowship hall or leap over the threshold. He's trying to get you to grow and do things in the kingdom without changing. He's saying, hey, you, you, you could be a preacher, but you don't have to pray. Right? The enemy's saying, you could, you could do this. You could lead the worship. You could sing up there. But you don't have to change. There's nothing that's required. I'm telling you, this is a temptation. This is a lie. This is a deception from the enemy. He wants you to leap over the threshold and not change. But my message this morning is change is required. We have to welcome change. It has to be something that we embrace, uh, something that we hold on to, something that we understand. There has to be a revelation that clicks in our minds uh, that in order to be a part of the kingdom of God, uh, I'm going to have to continually change. From the moment I got the Holy Ghost 10 some years ago until the moment I breathed my last breath uh, on this earth, uh, I better be accustomed to change. I better be ready to change. I better be looking to change. I better be searching this word about things that I can change I better be praying and asking God to change me and to help me it has to be something that we embrace as I look over this congregation, I see men and women who have crossed certain thresholds. Uh, you're not the same as what you were even whenever pastor came to church. Can I get a witness from somebody since uh, God has been using brother and sister Azalini in this place? Uh, is there anybody that you could say, I've changed? 
There's been changes that have taken place in my life. Uh, well, that's an awesome thing. And I've seen people who have crossed thresholds, uh, but I also see people who have not. Uh, and I see ministries and I see things that God wants to do in your life. Uh, and God sent me today to help you understand uh, that if you want all of what God has for you, you're going to have to step over that threshold. Uh, and that threshold is change. Praise God. We are on the threshold of change. God is speaking to us about change this morning. Crossing that next threshold requires change. Whenever the Philistines, they took the ark of God, they brought the ark of God, Brother Derek, to back to their, uh, to their god, Dagon, and they set the ark of God up with Dagon. The next day, they come back, and Dagon is laying on the ground. So they, what do they do? Well, I'll tell you what they should have done. They should have taken that, that, that uh, um, statue and went out and buried it. And they should have said, Jehovah is going to be our God now. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot have uh, anything set up next to Jesus. Right? So they, so they take it and they put it back up there. The next day, they come back. And this time, God got a little bit more uh, aggressive, praise the Lord. Chopped off Dagon's head in the hands of his, in his hands. The interesting thing in that passage is, the Bible says that they laid the stump of Dagon, God laid the stump of Dagon at the threshold. Mm. Can I get a witness from somebody? Whenever I got the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God came into my life, uh, the Spirit of God started chopping things up. He said, listen, I need to be number one in your life. Yeah. I need to be the only thing that's high and lifted up uh, in your life. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I, there was a little bit of struggle in me. There was some times I set things back up. God would say, hey, Zach, you need to quit doing that. I'd come to the altar and the presence of God would pull that down. And then on Tuesday, I would come back whenever nobody was watching. Pick that thing back up and I say, hey, let's try this. Let's see. I can I can juggle both of them. I could live for God and I could still do this. Uh, and I'm telling you, that is not how it works out. Jesus Christ uh, has to be number one in your life. Uh, and I just thought it was so powerful that whenever they whenever God chopped him up, that he laid him at the threshold uh, as a symbol, a sign to say, hey, if you want me, this has to go. Some of us are at that place in our lives. If you want to be for Jesus, then be for Jesus. If you want to serve God, then serve God in Him alone. If you want to worship Him, He has to be the only thing that you're worshiping. There's a threshold that you have to cross in your mind, in your spirit, that says, I love you more than these. You're more important than that addiction. You're more important than that cigarette. You're more important than that drink. You're more important than that thing I'm watching. Oh, come on, I wish somebody would preach with me this morning. How many people you're setting Dagon up, and God is chopping him up and laying him at a threshold and saying, hey, if you want greater anointing, you have to change. That thing in your life uh, that you keep setting up, uh, you need to change it. Oftentimes, crossing a threshold will require something to be left behind. 
In Matthew chapter number 19, Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The eye of the needle is said to be a passageway into the city of Jerusalem. And at night, the main gate to the city would be closed. And there was this other gate that they called the eye of the needle. And this passageway was so tight that only a person and his camel could enter in through the passageway. So in order for them to cross that threshold, if you will, into the city, they would have to unload their baggage and leave everything else behind. And God said that some people will not cross their next threshold because of what must be left behind. That's why he said a rich man would not be willing to pass through the eye of the needle. Why? Because the things that he had in his life were way more important to him than access into Jerusalem. And I'm telling you this morning, there are some people who will struggle crossing the next threshold in their life because in order to do so, you're going to have to be stripped down of everything you care about, everything you hold dear, everything that's important to you. And you got to do that to across that next threshold in Jesus name turn with me to Matthew chapter number 22 I'm almost done preaching this morning thresholds changes Matthew chapter number 22 in verse number 8 it says then said he to his servants the wedding is ready but they which were bidden are not worthy that's a whole nother sermon for another time but he says, go therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to come to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and they gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. So the king walks into the room and the first thing that he notices is a man who did not change. He scans over the room and everybody in the room has a wedding garment on besides this one guy. And he takes notice of it. Listen, he was there. He was in the room. He was at the ceremony, but he did not change. And immediately the king took notice of it. The king was like, wait, you look the same as whenever you stepped off the streets. Ah, please, Holy Ghost, speak to us this morning. The king looked over the crowd. He said, you look the same as whenever you first came in here. What am I trying? Listen, everybody that was there had just got brought off the streets, did they not? The servant went out and gathered the good and the bad. So whenever they came in, I'm just filling in the story here in my mind. Uh, imagine, it's like, hey, brother, come on. Come on. You're coming to the wedding. You get to the wedding, and what do they say? Put on this garment. Right? Because everybody that was there had a garment. They didn't go say, hey, we're going to find everybody who has wedding garments in the streets and bring them. No, whenever they came to the wedding, they were equipped with wedding garments. They changed, right? So he looks around and he notices this man did not change. So we have to ask ourselves, why didn't he change? In my mind, I'm thinking he snuck in, praise God. Right? right? 
Just like the thief and robber, he came in another way through the back door. Or maybe whenever he got in there and they said, hey, it's a requirement that you're supposed to put on this garment. Uh, maybe his pride rose up in him and say, I'm not changing for anybody. Please, God, don't let that attitude get on us uh, where we come to church uh, and we say, you know what? Uh, I see everybody else is changing. Uh, I'm not willing to change. Uh, God's just going to have to accept me the way I am. Listen, the gospel is come as you are, but leave change. Praise God. Don't let pride come in your way. Listen, you're not all that in a bag of chips. Praise the Lord. Jesus is high and lifted up. He is worthy for us to change. He is worthy for us to, to change and transform who we are in Jesus' name. So maybe this man was so prideful. Maybe he came in another way. But this, the, the crux and bolts of it is that this man did not change. And the king noticed. In verse number 12, and he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. So the king looks at him and he basically says, How did you get in here? Right? How are you here? You don't have on the required garments. He leaped over the threshold. He was in a place that he was not permitted to be because he did not change which was a requirement for access, he slipped in another way. And whenever he was confronted about it, he could not even say a single word. Why is that? I'll tell you why. It's the same thing that the church goes through. What is that? We come to church and God speaks to us about changing. Or maybe that's just me. It got real quiet when nobody, I didn't get a lot of amens on that. Right? God says, hey, your attitude is wrong. Right? You know, your spirit is wrong. You're not giving the way you should. You're not praying. Right? You need to get prayer back into your schedule. Praise the Lord. Can I just be in the Holy Ghost right now for a minute? You're not loving that person right. You're trying to sneak around and, and get in that sin, and, and you need to change that. So whenever we stand before God on the day of judgment, it's not going to be like, you never told me about changing. Right? So whenever God confronted this man, and he said, hey, how'd you get in here? You're not wearing the correct garment. He could not say anything. He couldn't be like, well, they didn't tell me about it. They ran out of garments. They didn't have my size. They didn't have my style. You know, I look really good in blue and they only had red. He could not say anything about it because inside of his heart, uh, he knew that he was where he should not be. He knew that he was at the wedding, but he was not part of it. God forbid if we're ever in the church, uh, but not part of the church uh, because we're not changing. Uh, we're not following the leading and the unction and the wooing of the Spirit of God to transform us. Uh, as he looked around, listen, that man, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of that man. They're having the wedding procession. As he looked around, he had to notice that he was the only one in different clothes, right, than everybody else. I mean, that had to stand out to him. That had to uh, uh, um, speak to him. He was in the wrong clothes. He knew, listen, this is what it boils down to. He knew what was required, right? But he was not willing to change. All he would have had to done, Brother Derek, 
was ask someone for a garment. Right? It was that simple. Did not the king send out the servants? Why? His whole purpose was to fill the house. You better believe the king had all kinds of wedding garments. He wanted the house filled. All this man had to do was literally humble himself and say, Hey, do you have an extra? I see everybody has a garment. But me, can I get one? Can I get one? That's all he would have had to do. And that is the same humility that has to come upon us today. Man, I see the Spirit of God working in your life. I see the love of God being manifest. I see God's blessings on you. What do I need to do? What, how do I get a hold of what you got a hold on? I want to put on what you're wearing. I want to be like what you're serving and following. We have to humble ourselves and say, hey, I'm different than some of these people. I want to change to be more like Jesus. In verse 13, then said the king to his servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness uh, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, what a sobering verse here. I'm going to tell you right now, hell is reserved for people who do not change uh, and they try to leap over the threshold. Uh, this guy was at the wedding. Uh, he was in the building, uh, but he stepped over the threshold. Uh, he did not change his clothes. Uh, and the Bible says here that he went to hell over it God forbid if I ever find myself in hell because I did not change if you can stand with me this morning come on let the Holy Ghost speak to us let's lift our hands all over this place and begin to pray listen if you're here this morning and you've never been baptized uh, that can change if you're here this morning and you don't have the Holy Ghost, that can change. If you're here this morning and you have sin in your life that you need to repent of, that can change. This morning, if you're here and you know the Holy Ghost has been speaking to you for the past six months about you changing something and you have this issue and you have this problem, God sent me here today to encourage you and help you understand that that can change. Come on, if you want to change, I want you to lift your hands all over this place and I want you to begin pray fervently in the Spirit of God. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.